Hola socios, hola equipo. My name is Neil. I'm Liam. This is John Nurberger from Kansas City, Missouri, USA. Maury Field near Brisbane in Queensland. Edinburgh, Barcelona. And I'm a socio. I'm a socio. I'm a socio of the big interview. Hi, this is Taylor from Shenzhen, China. And I am a socio of the big interview. My favorite episodes are the weekly insights from La Liga. Living out in China, I can't keep up with the league I love because of the kickoff times and the fact that it's just not covered out here. It's not very popular, which is very, very sad. And Graham and his insight really helps me to stay in touch with the league I love and the football I love. Yes, that's the sound of an airplane taking off, you can hear, because... I've been in the UK to record a big interview with Brian McClare, which was utterly fantastic. But that's me distracted because I didn't come on your feed to tell you that. I came on your feed to warn you that Christian Fuchs Part 2 is coming out now. Why Ranieri sent Tim to New York and why that helped Leicester win the title. Why Christian Fuchs wanted to kiss Eden Hazard's feet. And why there are no folks given at all by Christian um, you enjoyed the first part I think the second part's even better yeah Brian McClare's coming down the line soon but for the moment think Leicester think title think the big interview with Christian Fuchs Football ruined Antigua for you because you're trying to have a quiet drink on the beach and the man who's signed you get sacked hey I met okay. him just recently now I met him okay. just recently okay for the first time that's for the first time I spoke to him that's first. what I wanted to know because you know in your life there are lots of little twists and turns that could be negative being told as a youngster you're not going to make it or the things we've already talked about yeah. injury whatever um, and that could have been like a bad thing yet here you are these years later champion of England Played, I came very close to a Champions League semi-final. Um, a, a business magnet with your own creative brand of design and clothes. Lots of other projects. And a, a spark for that is Nigel Pearson phoning you. <laughs> it so, was a funny situation, yeah. It, it was. Okay, tell it the other way around because I've got a question to ask. You met him and um, yeah, we, how did we it had, go? We had a pre-season fixture against Leuven. And it's the first time that I literally met him in person, and and yeah, we had a we had a chat for five minutes. I I said, hey, thank you for signing me, even though I never worked with you, but thanks for making all that possible. And yeah, very nice guy, honestly. I mean, I I don't know how it is when I work with him, but yeah, the story that we share, even though we didn't do anything together, is is fantastic from my perspective. Retrospectively, you know, although I wasn't phoning them saying sign Christian Fuchs for, for Leicester, it makes sense the way that you play for the style of the team and what they were building. It makes sense that their scouting identified you. You can see that retrospectively. But you've said, and I've never heard the detail of this, that when he phoned you, he didn't just not persuade you, he convinced you. The things he said sold you an idea of the project, the football, that, I'd like to understand what he, he said to you because my proposition is that by the time he sat in your training in Austria under Ranieri, famously Ranieri says nothing for four or five days and then goes, everything's fine. <laughs> and he was giving a big tick to, to Pearson's plans, the very thing that he was selling you on the telephone. So how did the conversation go, first of all? Well, that's four years back in time, man. Broadly. <laughs> <laughs> You've got every detail. I know you do. Well, he was. We were talking about 
how he wants to play, what tactics, what style of football, what the goals are, obviously. And I, I mean, my goal was to play in the Premier League. And he just made me feel appreciated. He made me feel comfortable right away on the phone. I think that's one of the main things that, that you need as a footballer. Yeah, you need the tactics, you need the skills, you need to have all those informations, but I think the major part is about how you treat people, how you manage them, because you need to feel comfortable in order to perform on the highest level for you personally. And I felt that right away. It, it didn't go too much into like too many details. Obviously, we didn't work together yet, I didn't sign yet, so there was nothing there to talk about. But we spoke about philosophy, what they're aiming for, and that he really, really wants me. And the second the manager gives me that feeling, I'm all for it. And awkwardly, I, I never saw him. I, that was four, three years ago now. Awkwardly, I never saw him until three years later when we played, obviously, that fixture. But listen, he signed me. I'm very happy he did. Even though I never worked with him, yeah, it was a good phone call. It was a great two phone calls. Maybe so I'm overcomplicating it, but like, um, you know, I watched you play in the Bernabeu before you mm -hmm. left. You know, you went there, scored in one four three against Real Madrid. Yeah, um, you were work. I don't know what you thought of him, but you were working for a Champions League winning manager on that day, Robbie Di Matteo. You famously want to get your act to Manhattan as soon as you can, but you wanted one last contract, and, and you signed for a team that had just escaped relegation. And therefore, I'm not saying that there's an imbalance in what you've explained, well, but, but you were was, taking a risk. From... But that's what Nigel Pearson told me. You know, He told me, listen, we want the Premier League now. We want to win the Premier League now. So I said, okay, sign me, and we're good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Like, you couldn't remember the phone call a minute ago. He didn't, he didn't use that phrase. He didn't use that phrase. We no, can pretend but, he did. But that's, I can, afterwards, that's what it is. Honestly, all the truth, they needed me to win the Premier League. That's why he wanted to No, we know I that's mean, true now. No, that's now very we know it's true. true. It's very true. I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> I believe you. No, no, listen, yeah. For me, it was about getting into the Premier League. Nobody could expect what happened after. But, again, it... It didn't feel like a risk. I, like, my one big throw of the dice, and I'm going to put everything on, you know, Leicester. Nah, nah. No, but we all know how hard it is when you get promoted to maintain Premier League status. And Leicester did it in a awkward manner, in a typical Leicester manner. Good point. And... And for me then it was like, okay, talking to my, my agent and explaining the, the situation to me as well and, and what the setup is in the Premier League and that the first year is obviously always the, the toughest one. But then they had this run and then for me it was like, okay, they, they maintain Premier League status so they will obviously invest money to, to keep the status and, well, got to say they invested the money in a, in a very right way so... After that, we were Premier League champion. It's insane, yeah. It's, You're it's still insane. scratching your head yeah, even, you, yeah, even when you say it. It's insane. I mean, you, you're barely relegated. I mean, they show the table, like, when was that, March or so, where the year before, Leicester was all the way down. It's done. The year no, after, they were all the goodbye. way up. 
a point difference of I think sixty points or so, which is ridiculous. Come on, give me a break. It so when, doesn't happen. But when the owners sit down with uh, Steve Cutner to to negotiate um, Ranieri's deal to take over, they they agree the salary and they go, okay, we we like his CV. Look, he's always just about and but you know the salary is this. And then they go, um, so go away and think about it. He goes away and thinks about it, talks to Claudio, phones him in Rome because he's home visiting his mum, says, come over, come over, come over. The job's there. And the salary isn't good. And then they say, okay. And then the bonus for finishing top 10, they say, this. Now the bonus for finishing top five, and they're already laughing. And the agent, Steve, says, and the bonus for finishing first, and they say, write your own number. Make your own number up. That's, that's how much the owners thought about the chances of Top five, top six, top seven. They are still happy about it, don't worry. <laughs> they are still happy about it. But they signed, like, on the basis of, um, this is a guy whose CV we like, even though he hasn't won many things, but he's been there or thereabouts. And what always fascinates me is you saying that the most important thing Claudio did when he came in was to watch and listen in training, in pre-season training, and not touch anything. It felt really good. Also, my first trainings when, when we, oh, you hear the clapping. <laughs> I think it's organised by Claudio. Yeah, of course. This is your third birthday visit from him. <laughs> also, my first impression when I, when I joined the training in, in the camp in Austria was that, this feels really good. This, is really the training intensity, quality is really good and, and I think that's why I said I think he did well by not changing too much and. And a big bonus to him also about how he managed the players. Again, what I, I want to come back to what I said before, that mm. he had this personal touch and he made every player feel appreciated, which for me is a, is a big piece in the whole puzzle of winning the Premier League. Like for example, he sends you home to Manhattan and says, take, take some time off. Yeah, I had a red card. And also, this was, he was on the way out from the training ground, just about to exit the gate, and I was like, come on, I need to use this chance now to see him. I was on five yellow suspension. Suspension for too many so yellows. So I said to him, listen, Gaffer, I cannot play this weekend. Can I, can I go to see my family? He's like, yeah, take five days off. Five days off, came back, played, won, fine, all good. But that really mattered to you, like it, his gesture that he, he that you weren't just an employee or a... Or a, on a, a dot on a board, yeah, you're mean, a guy. You, you, you got to understand, every person, is it footballer, is it anybody else, everybody has different needs. And when you take care of those needs as much as you can, obviously not everything is possible. I mean, I, I would love to live there and still play here and just come for the games and train over there. It's not possible, but I think the second you, you see that the, the manager is looking after you and is trying everything in his power to make it possible for you to see your family or, or come after your needs, that you appreciate and you give back more, you're willing to give back more. That just that concept, you give more, that's always interesting to me because they use psychologists to get the extra or sometimes you see squads more, you know, that possibility that there is more to give, that doesn't mean that no. any footballer is hiding something. It, it's no, like impossible no. to be 100% all the time or, or define that. When you say, I gave more because he gave me something. Well, everybody's expecting footballers to always give 100%. But as we all know, for whatever reason it is, my, maybe personal, you name it, they affect you. 
I mean, we are people made out of meat, blood, whatever it is, and you have situations that make you feel good, and then you, we all know that then you feel like, oh yeah, you can climb the highest mountain right away, or then you have situations in life where things are not going that well, and you feel groggy, you feel tired, heavy, the same with us, I mean, I mean, that's just normal, that's just human, and and that you can do a lot with with all those things and giving your players more freedom, giving them the appreciation, showing up to birthdays twice. <laughs> you know, all those those things they they matter a lot. You said we all know. You start by saying, and people don't journalists, no, well, fans, they're, they're, they, they don't always understand it. They they assume that we have to work no matter what. We have to be on one hundred percent all the time, but. Listen, it's the same with journalists, okay? If you feel sick, you cannot perform. You cannot write properly. It's the same with them. So I'm not charging any journalist if he... See, I, I like, for example, when I'm watching, reading an article, okay? There was a German, an Austrian from an Austrian newspaper, an article, writing about me and that I, I didn't play or didn't perform well or whatsoever. In this article, I found, without reading it, too much in detail, I found four, four or five mistypes. Now I should write an article about him making so many mistakes in writing, which is his profession. I'm not doing that. It's, listen, it's none of my business. It's fair enough. We're all human. We all make mistakes. You say it, and it's true, but what, what, as football goes away from what he and I grew up watching where characters were encouraged and therefore you could see um, happiness or exuberance or unhappiness more. The way that it's marketed now is more homogenous, it's more robotic and people are taught to expect that footballers are kind of breed, like a toy, that you wind them up and if you play with them for a couple yeah. hours, you put them in the cupboard and they're just there until you take them out again listen, and they can play 11 months of the listen, year. And they to can, toys also run out of battery. You, again, we know that, but people, that's, and also I'm talking about TV companies, advertisers, sponsors, clubs, they're, they're beginning not to think about that properly anymore. The sports science allows us to do all this with players now, so let's do it. Well, okay, just because we can do it doesn't mean it is yeah. good. And emotions and, and energy are just run down to bare minimum now, I think. Yeah. You know, there'll be a lot of players that we want, you don't watch so much football as we do. There's going to be a lot of players now who have had, 12 days holidays after the World Cup. And, and, that's nothing. But why aren't you perfect now after 12 days of break, man? That, that's It's a long Premier League season with a long World Cup where they do another pre-season where they're together for five, six, seven weeks. It's very tiring. But we expect them to be creative and clever and inventive. And... Yeah. But when... It, it sounds like, you know, like, uh, what's that, Star Trek, where you just go into a, into a little tunnel or whatever and they fix you right away. It's not like, Correct. come on, give me a break. If people think like that. We will give you a break. Um, <laughs> what, what, when? 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 Not, for a, not for a long time, man. This is, this is like a contract. <laughs> oh, man, I'm not a robot. Come on. No, okay. Well, let's, <laughs> let's give you a happy theme. When, when you won the title, um, I put it to you, uh, Christian Fuchs, that um, a huge part of the build and the atmosphere and the momentum owed to people like you, but you particularly in this interview in relationship with the crowd, that you were somebody who naturally connects with the crowd and that how you react or your smile or a fist bump or whatever 
it's a part of the special thing that happened at 5,000 to 1 or 50,000 to 1 or whatever it is. You, you knew that that was important during the push for the title within the dressing room with your teammates and with the fans as well? I just had fun. I didn't know we were going to win the title. Come on. I, I didn't even expect winning the title when when we were in Jamie's house and Tottenham was playing Chelsea. I didn't expect it even then. You know, For me, it was... It, <laughs> For me, Tottenham was all the time the favourite to win the title. And I'm very honest about that. Very honest. But then when it happened, <laughs> come on, happy days. Seriously, I was wishing for Chelsea to, to win or to draw or take away points from Tottenham, of course. I mean, I, it makes me Premier League champion. But up until then, I mean, this was... I, I quoted it already several times, but I think it just describes this, this evening at Vardy's house the, the best, that it was the toughest 90 minutes I've never played. So I was, the next day, I was completely tired. Mm. It was just constant tension. Nervous energy. Nervous, oh, very nervous. S- sitting, standing, laying, I don't know, sitting on the floor, running around, walking. I couldn't find a position to watch the game because it was, it meant everything to us. I mean, this could be the 90 minutes that ground us Premier League champion, and obviously it did. But as the game went on, you could see Spurs tiring, I'm sure. I can see them getting rough. They were disappointed, they were frustrated. Where I was like, that could be it. Ten minutes to go. Hazard scoring Hawk. I want to kiss his feet. Did you ever kiss his boots? I told him I want to, but we never made it. I really told him when we then had the last game at Chelsea, I told him after the game or whenever I want to kiss your boots, but... It didn't work out. He's a listener, they, so I'll, they, I'll maybe they, get him to send some boots. They were, you know, I, I don't like to kiss. I think he's on Nike. I don't like to kiss. <laughs> Bonus time. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, then, the atmosphere then. You, you don't retrospectively think that, you know, the way that you connected with the crowd, not just you, maybe everybody, certainly Ranieri, that that was an element in the triumph when you look back on it? Because the, Could be. <clears throat> the noise, the conviction that... I watched that Simeone's Atleti when they win the title in 2014, which isn't as strange as Leicester, but often I wrote about with no mistypes. It's almost impossible. Certain. Ish. It's almost impossible to see a a club where the president, the staff, the players, the media who support them, and the fans are all singing the same, believing the same, same mentality urging each other on, bringing the best out of each other. When you see that, it's really powerful. Big clubs, huge clubs don't need that. They need to get the signing policy right, the coach-player relationship has to be good. Because they've got such a big budget and big talent, they don't need that same thing. If the fans applaud, it's good. But Leicester and Simeone's Atleti, it felt like everything was Mm -hmm. together. And the relationship between the players in the dressing room the fun or the jokes or the videos or whatever, but they're also the way that the fans felt that you were... Like, for example, we, we invest our personal identities in the teams we support. But then when they give you something back, not a title, but they notice that you're there or they, they do something that connects with you, the fans become a weapon. I believe right or wrong? I, no, right. Absolutely right. You, you, you answered your own question already. But you felt a part... You, looking back... That was important. I, I believe so. Yeah, I, like I said, there are so many. I mean, football is so versatile. There are so many different factors, so many different 
puzzle pieces that you gotta put together to get the greater picture. But I think everything that supports the group, the atmosphere, is is important. And yeah, man, the videos that I did, the fun that I had with the with the with my teammates, I believe it was a part of that. Even if it's a small part, mm -hmm. but the small things can change a lot. It counts. How, does, how did that atmosphere or the, the King Power atmosphere in the really big games compare to winning Ruhr Derbies, for example, which I think was your competitive debut for Schalke mm -hmm. to win one where they, the two clubs, you know, they don't like each other. Not really, no. Dortmund is, of the two, I hate to say it to your face, maybe a little bit more successful and bigger. Yeah, it is. But like the biggest stadium. One time I did TV work on the pitch at Auf uh, Schalke with the roof closed. Um, for me, Schalke is the best stadium in Germany. It's by far very modern, very cool, very nice. And the fans? I'm comparing your relationship with the Leicester fans, maybe your relationship with the Schalke fans, but also the mentality. They, they, well, they, they feel that they're the 12th man as well. It's their life. It's their life. They spend definitely a quarter of their annual salary on, on tickets and on, on merch and whatever. So I understand that they're very demanding, very critical, but they give everything for the club, everything. And the atmosphere, obviously, in, in Germany is different compared to the English atmosphere. It's maybe a lot more aggressive, but a lot louder. Yeah. It is. Well, where I got to say that our fans and the king power, obviously, with the clappers that we have, is is also different to most of the stadiums in in England. Much louder, I believe. Positive, which uh, is very vital for us players, because with negative energy, even if something doesn't work out, we also had this in the last seasons. Then you don't need anybody booing at you. You know already that you're shit. Mm -hmm. You know already that you're not doing it, that you're not performing well enough. But then you need the support, and then you don't need the booze or the, the whistling or whatever. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help the whole situations. We're all trying to be successful as team, fans, players. Then you got to support each other, and you feel that support from the, from the stands. So sometimes it will carry you through a tough spot, the, the in intense support you might yeah, get yeah, out of Schalke or yeah, King Power. Yeah, yeah. And... and those memories, because you consistently beat Klopp's side, not just in the Super Cup, but also in the league, 1-0, 2-1. There was quite a lot of victories while you were there. Just describe that rivalry and, and, and whether you did or didn't enjoy that, because it the, seems to me perfect for you. The best, the, best, the best win we had against Dortmund was away at Dortmund. That is magnificent. That, that, that's, that simply tops everything. We were winning 2-0 away. You're in a stadium, 85,000 people, 5,000 of, of your own team, 80,000 all against you. Everybody's whistling at you. Obviously, when you get out after the game, they were quiet. Beautiful. It's a good feeling. Oh, it's, it was such. And that particular game, all our fans, they had like white hats on. Don't tell me what reason, but they all were wearing white hats. Um, so against a wall and of black. yellow and black, you could see your, the white hat guys are our guys. Exactly, exactly. Well, it was nice to be able to celebrate with them. Yeah. You've got, um, so Klopp's over here. You like what he does with the fan culture at Liverpool, but you didn't uh, work for him. You were for Tuchel, though. Tuchel, yeah. And Mainz. Yeah. Not a huge amount of experience with him, but still. It was the most, the, 
most impactful experience in my career. Because? Knowledge. Uh -huh. Football knowledge. One of the best, if not the best manager I worked with in, in terms of tactics, knowledge, how to prepare for teams. You know, he made you feel like we could beat anybody. And we did. You finished fifth under him, right? For Mainz? Yeah. That's something. It's like winning the Premier League with Leicester. It is. It is. And it feels very, it felt, felt very similar. You mean ideas years. and atmosphere and, and team spirit? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, that was a very impactful year for me uh, as, a, as a player for Mainz that year. He shaped the left defender, Christian Fuchs. Hmm. Where before I was left defender, which was okay. But he... Got me a couple more steps further up the line. More, um, more strategic knowledge, strategic, more liberty yeah. to go forward. Both, all of that, all of that. Because he likes his team to be in charge of the game, offensive, exactly. have the ball, and, and and not use it vertically, but use it aggressively to win. Yeah, yeah. Always pressing, always defending on the front foot. Yeah. Guiding the game, knowing what. Every teammate does it every second of the game. It was being brave, like I said, defending on the front foot. It's potentially exciting if you mix the, the talents he's got at Paris Saint-Germain with his age, energy, ability, mentality now. It will be now. very interesting to see, yeah. Did the Premier League miss out in not signing him when he was free? Uh, I would say so. Yeah. I would say so, yeah. Um... The businessman, the businessman inside who's been unleashed. Um, where, are we, where are we starting? Your videos are brilliant. Um, people want the t-shirt that you produce for the videos. And now you're a fashion magnet. You're a designer. Magnet. You're in charge well, of your own brand. Let's go, go a couple more steps back. That's not a mm, magnet. A choice I, between I, 18 I different to. colors. I want to. 50 different garments. Oh, more. Hoodies, t-shirt, tracksuits. <laughs> more. <laughs> and, and people, and the, I like the identity. I like the, I like the, the, the brand identity. Yeah, you were looking right now for it, but I'm wearing a neutral. Yeah, <laughs> man. Okay, we didn't need to say that. We could have lied. It'd be the only lie in the entire series, but um, we could have lied. You're looking good in your gear today. No, please. lying is not. It's not for either of us. No. Tell, tell people, it's no food given. Every brand must have true values, otherwise people see through it. It doesn't matter what yeah, business you're in. It's about brand identity and it being true. Your story. Yeah, it tell, is. Tell us about yours and why it's true. I just don't give a fucks. <laughs> I'm the only Premier League player that can legally curse. <laughs> it is. Sort of. It, it is. It goes beyond I, that. You know, you get, you get problems if you, if you... You get problems with the FA and you can even get penalised uh, for games, right? If you, for uh, swearing. For swearing on social media. So if I say what? I don't give a fucks, yeah, because you are a role model for kids out there. So if I, I say I don't give a fucks, or fucks it, I'm, it's not a curse. It is not a curse. And if they, if they ban me for saying my name... We're going to court, baby. I will. I will. Because they have no right. It's my name. I can use my name however I want it. And I'm not swearing. I'm just using my name. Fucks and it, I'm no cursing. It's, it's too... Words. It's not a curse. The message I, I want to send to people, I want to give people is to simply enjoy their life. Enjoy their life, not to give too many fooks about 
small things in life that, that really don't matter. And, and it's also related to my personal experience that I had. So obviously, however, I started the brand with the videos, with just making two t-shirts for fun and the demand was there, which was great. But then developing the videos, first of all, uh, but then also we won the Premier League, which happened to be, and it drew a lot of attention. And I went to the Montford University here in Leicester for an interview with the students that they have. And they told me, okay, um, there are 50 students waiting for you in, in this meeting area over there. So it's going to be a relaxed interview. You're sitting in front on a table with, with a guy that's interviewing you. They will then ask you questions after. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So we're walking over there. And I'm looking inside and I'm like, all right, all right. So it was like more like 200 people. And, you know, it's, it's a different story playing in a stadium in front of 50,000 or then being in the middle of everything, all eyes on you with 200. And because all I do in the stadium is chasing a ball there, you have to be there, entertain the people. It's about entertainment and, and talk to them. So it's a different situation. It made me nervous, but... <laughs> Wow, I was wearing a notebook skin t-shirt, the orange <laughs> color, obviously. And I was like, listen, you got to do it anyway. So, notebook skin. I'm a little it. bit surprised that you were nervous, that the adrenaline came, because you're a natural performer. Like you're quick, yeah, but, you're, you're witty, you enjoy I, people. But it's still developing, you know. Now I would say, yeah, cool, fun, let's yeah. do it. But then it, it was a different story. A little bit intimidating. Yeah, exactly. You could wander out in the Alshalka Arena for but, Leicester in the Champions League semi-final and no, no problems, problem, really. No problem, no. But again, that's what I'm saying. This is an example, but we all have, coming back to the point, that, to the message that I want to send out to all those people is that we all have uncomfortable situations in our life. It doesn't matter what they are, it's how small they are, how big they are, but we got to face them and we got to do them. We got to just make the best out of them and then just don't give a fix. Yeah. And your brand is drawing things out of you that you didn't know where they are, um, like creativity, control, oh. management, well, choices I'm, of the I'm, brands. It helped me that I finished my school in Austria that I insisted on oh, that yeah, okay. because I went to business school. Okay. So I kind of knew, I mean, I had to refresh my mind with all of that again. But it helped, it helped me. It helped me to balances, um, going through numbers, percentages, and whatsoever. But the, the skills that I, that I learned in terms of doing the videos, where I, do final, I use Final Cut, working on, on videos, cutting them, doing everything myself in that terms, um, using Photoshop. I know how to use Photoshop, maybe not on the highest level, but I can design my products. It's pretty satisfying, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. To have a creative really urge, to create something, to shape it and go, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with what I've done. Yeah. So the last collection, yeah, other than, you know, the, the, the big skulls, T-shirts where it's like a lot of roses, very sophisticated designs, that's too much for me. But the simple designs for the last, collect last two collections I did all myself, which is cool. You know, you start with an idea, you bring it to paper, and then suddenly you have the product in your hand. And now you have so many... I mean, we recently, talking in terms of notebooks, giving, we were at a trade show in New York. And 
honestly, every single person that went by our stand, they loved the name, no fucks given. They always had a smile, which satisfies me already. It works. Yeah. And then we have now seven new locations in America that want our products, that bought our products already, which is amazing to me because we went into this trade show. Okay, let's just be there and get the name out there. The new yeah. guys kind of thing. But Yeah, exactly. But then you have seven new stores that you're selling in America only, one in L.A., one in Texas, three in New York. It's very satisfying. It's but, very so the, the, the thing that you've had as a goal, which is to be reunited with your family, which is important, you've stated that after this contract, you try and maybe go and play soccer in the States and whatever. Given that you are the brand and given that it's, it's based on not just your name but your attitude and you talk the brand not because you're selling it but because it is you. It's me, yeah. Your arrival in the States is going to be big for that brand. But like Neil told me to ask you before we close, um, you know, if I give you your choice in five years' time, are you, and you can't say all of the above, like a big fashion mogul, a brand success... Are you an NFL kicker earning unbelievable money for like that auditorium moment when it's all on you and it's not the team? I have and those posts look far away and small. I want to have this moment. The, the posts are getting smaller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially or, from 60 yards. <laughs> or are you, um, are you leading the assault from a talk show chair? You know, you've got, you, <laughs> that's your choice in five years' time. So before I add a couple more things to these choices. Get in there. I need to add one topic that's very much on top, which I'm looking forward to most of all of them. Just being a father that's spending time with the family. That's I didn't have this in the last six years. It's and tough, huh? seeing the kids like once a month. Now I'm happy my son is here for a month. My daughter is coming over for four weeks. Then my older son is coming over for three weeks. So that that's something that satisfies me the most about going to New York, which I simply cannot wait for. And, I think seven years overall living apart from family should do. And uh, no money in the world can then keep me here in Europe anymore. It's, my values are completely different. So that puts, puts everything for me in perspective. Um, but, okay, you gave me the choice of NFL, fashion, being a presenter, there, there are a couple of other things. Obviously, the, uh, I have Football Academy. Where Fox Academy, right? Fox Soccer Academy. Fox yeah, Soccer Academy. Where, which is in three countries by now. England, USA, and uh, Austria. Where we have about 200 to 300 kids per year. Which is amazing. Where we had already some talent coming out and being pushed to, to professional teams. Which, is, which satisfies me. Because it's, it's another way of mine to... to help those kids because you mentioned it at some point during that interview we didn't go too much in depth but when I was 11, 12 years old I was assessed not being good enough for told you weren't going to make a professional football yeah and literally what I want to do I want to capture those kids that are also either falling through the system or also being assessed not good enough and getting the exit letter from teams Mm -hmm. to give them a second chance that's that's one of is that part goals. of the reason you've used the Fox Soccer Academy to reach out to street soccer as well? Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Don't, I like their concept because Street Soccer USA, they wanna, their aim is to provide the best game in the world for free to any kid out there. And you pay a lot of money, in New York especially, to play football. Where, where 
I'm not doing it free of charge, but I understand paying money if I get the quality in return. And that's not, that's not the case in New York. It's Attention, just, it's just encouragement, money. teaching. Exactly. Professional training. I want, I'm, I'm providing real training, not only daycare or, or babysitting. That's not what I want to do. When I do something, I do it right. But then with, that's, that's another... It's important. Yeah. No, it's important. But then, like I said, I mean, maybe I'm doing some advertising now, but uh, with Nofuk Skimmen, we're doing eSports, for example, now. So I, I have four eGamers, FIFA players under mm -hmm. contract, Singapore, LA, and two English lads, which are amazing. Really good, really good. It's, it's the business of the future. People tell me. I'm too yeah, old. It, it, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. What they're saying is it, it, it isn't going to touch my heart, and it makes me fearful that the street soccer kids and the Fox Soccer Academy kids in 20 years, when we're talking again, they're not going to be there. No, so I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't want to knock it. That's my fear. I it is my fear. I don't believe that because kids still admire those guys in the stadium that are chasing the ball and they want to get there. I think it. I just think it it keeps football. Oh, it supports. I'm football. 22 years older than you, yeah, and when I was young, every pitch, every park, was full of people playing. And you go home now, to Scotland. That's not the and it's case. been like there's, a, there's yeah. been a nuclear holocaust, and nobody's there. Yeah, no, I understand. That's frightening. Understand yeah. yeah. Listen, so the the, the Nofuk's given esports is going to be another part of your creative brain as you, as you go on. Yeah. Your magazine. Magazine. Which is yet to be launched, but... Yeah. <laughs> so before we allow you to go and play in the playground with your boy, you didn't choose. Oh, yeah. And I said it differently. Fashion mogul kicking the winning point for the Giants so, in so the Super Bowl. So if I choose one, all the others will be eliminated. You, you, you get one. You don't get all of them. If I say to you, do you want to win the treble? And you say all three, I say, good boy, fantastic. This is a life choice. You only get one. I only get one. Yeah. I stick to my values. It's going to be no fooks given. Fashion magnet, it's smiling what, skull what, all over the world. Whatever comes with no fooks given. Oh, whatever comes. I choose no fooks given. You just That's cheated. Me. You got all That's three. Me. You got all three with <laughs> one brand name. Genuinely no fooks given, huh? I don't give a fooks. I just Pe become an NHL. People never defy me in these interviews yeah. until now. <laughs> you just won the interview. Thank you, mate. Christian Fox. <laughs> Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for being so generous. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for season 2018-19. We've got huge creative plans for the months ahead, but we do need your help to make them happen. Please go right now to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and become a socio, become a paying member and get an extra big interview every month plus loads of bonus content. Last season, socios listened to nine exclusive big interviews including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Deeney, Roberto Di Matteo and loads of me talking about football. The Premier League, the Champions League, Spanish football. I'm sure they enjoyed it and you will too. Support us, join us. Thank you.